Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonato. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer. We thank Joe Ross and Higher Echelon uh, for sponsoring this podcast. Today, we have a special uh, we have a special guest uh, tonight, Gavin Lawrence. And Gavin, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. Um, like I told you before, you are one of the most requested guests to, to uh, come on the show. So really, we really appreciate it. I can't tell you the number of requests I got. You got to get this guy on. So uh, we're happy to have you. And, um, you know, Steve Anderson's on assignment. So we ha- we're bringing in a special uh, guest co-host tonight. And we're going to bring him on right now. And <laughs> and we're going to br- bring in your buddy here, Mr. My Joel Davis. You thought you could escape me. <laughs> Just because you're a general now, you thought you could escape the fatness. Oh, hey, that's my wingman right there, Sal. I appreciate you. Joel, good to see you, brother. You too. Hey, that picture you got that you sent in to sale, you got to send me a copy of that. I had, to, I used to have that picture, but I lost a bunch of uh, awesome Army memorabilia. I had it in a storage facility. I lost it all in a, in a flood. So that picture you sent in the sale, you got to get that to me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'll send it to you right after this. You know, I had to get my wingman and the Straight permit pick with me. Straight up. Straight up. So sale hit me up and said, how well do you know Gavin? I said, come on, man. So Gavin is my man. <laughs> and then, he, then when he asked me to come on as a guest host, he said, absolutely sign me up. In fact, I got some hot questions. <laughs> my wingman, just to make sure there you're we go. your game. Yeah, well, well, let's uh, first get into like we usually start the podcast about hey, how. Hey, Sal, you know... Can I say two things? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Up front, so uh, first, uh, thanks again for the opportunity uh, to allow me to be on there, and for the special guest host Joel. Again, great to see you, my brother, and I look forward to the the conversation we're going to have uh, this evening. Sal, thank you for what you're doing, uh, working with Higher Echelon, Joe Ross, to keep. You know, Army West Point football relevant, man. Um, you know, you know, in today's digital age, you know, the ability to broadcast, keep us up to up to date on Army West Point sports, it's important. It's important, you know, for the alumni. It's important for the kids that are playing. Uh, and so, I want to uh, thank you for what you're doing with regard to that. And then, second thing, uh, just a, you know, a reminder for everybody uh, on the on the net. You know, tomorrow's Memorial Day, right? Uh, and so uh, tomorrow's not about being a, a you know a Monday day off or the start of summer, uh, but it's a, a day that you know we recognize those that paid the ultimate sacrifice and their families. And so you know, I, I just wanted to make sure we recognize Memorial Day tomorrow and those uh, soldiers, those young men and women that made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And I look forward to talking Army football with my wingman and uh, the time we're going to spend here this evening, Sal. Thanks. Amen. Well said about Memorial Day, and uh, I really appreciate the kudos. Um, this has been a blast. Joel's been a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Those were some of the great stories from Joel, and we're going to get into some tonight. Uh, first, let's just get, uh, talk to you a little bit about your path to West Point. And, you know, I was doing some research today, and you know, I got to do some research for the podcast, and I saw that the reason – um, somebody asked, you know, why did you want to get into the army? And you basically, I thought the answer was, you know, a few years back, maybe it was at first you were going to, you wanted to play football, right? Um, maybe you can get into your story about how you got to West Point. 
Yeah. So let me just talk a little bit about my background, Sal. You know, I grew up uh, in the Philadelphia area, uh, you know, uh, immigrant family that moved from Jamaica. Um, and I actually was born in Jamaica, came here when I was three years old, grew up in the Philadelphia area. And, um, you know, growing up in the Philadelphia area, grew up a diehard, all things Philly sports fan and, and uh, grew up playing football. Uh, and, uh, you know, had opportunity to play, uh, you know, did well in high school, well enough uh, to get recruited. I, I, you know, unlike my wingman here, uh, I, I'll be honest, in terms of my talent, Sal, you know, I, I really had no business playing Division One football. I was, you know, what you call a, a, a tweener, probably, you know, a, a Division Two, uh, Division One AA, I guess what they call the FCS conference now in terms of uh, talent. They had a kid um, that uh, at my school that was getting recruited uh, by a bunch of the big name schools and, and uh, the offensive line coach for Army that time, Andy Moeller, actually went to see him, not me, uh, but uh, my head football coach at the uh, time, uh, Pat Manzi, uh, Pennsylvania Hall of Famer football coach, uh, said, you know, told Andy Moeller, hey, hey, this kid uh, is not going to come to Army West Point, you know, but uh, we got this kid, Lawrence, you, you know, you might want to take a look at. So he showed me, uh, showed him my videotape and, um, you know, the rest was history. You know, I, I uh, made trips to Army, uh, Navy, and then a bunch of the, uh, you know, one AA schools, Lafayette, Lehigh, um, some Ivy League schools, Cornell. And um, I tell you, after my trip to West Point, getting to meet, uh, you know, guys like Mike McElrath, you know, guys like Trey Gilmore, you know, guys like uh, Joel's brother, Dan Davis, on my uh, recruiting trip. Uh, I just remember on the ride home, you know, telling my mom and dad, hey, um, this is where I think I want to go. And um, uh, made the you know, decision to come to West Point. As a matter of fact, um, my mom tried to talk me out of it. So if you remember at the time, uh, this was 91, uh, and so the, the Gulf War uh, had, had kicked off uh, that year. And, and so, uh, you know, we were a nation at war. And, and uh, you know, coming from an immigrant family, no military history, you know, family, familial history in terms of military service. Uh, you, know, they, you know, I had my family look at me like, are you crazy? You're going to go to a military academy? Um, but, you know, the sense of brotherhood, the rich lineage and history of the academy, and then the opportunity to play Division One football uh, as a young man. You know, um, those were things that drew me and, and started my uh, journey uh, as far as my West Point uh, career. You had the Davis connection, right? You had uh, Joel's brother uh, there. Um, Joel, when did you first meet Gavin and what your first impressions? It would have been when I came in as a, as a plead. So, um, Gavin, you didn't do prep school, right? I did. I did. Now, did they offer you prep school when they were? No, I, I was. No? Uh, I was a straight. Or are you too smart? You're too smart. <laughs> You're too smart. But yeah, they they didn't offer you prep at all. I didn't hear you say. What'd you say, Joe? They didn't offer you prep at all. The options you go to prep, or you just no, no, no. I I was uh, I was uh, 
street recruit. Uh, matter of fact, um, you know, on my recruiting trip, uh, Kevin Vaughn and a couple other guys Maybe. were on the trip. But I was a street recruit uh, to, to play there. But i tell you, so got to the uh, academy, you know, went through uh, Beast Barracks. And then, um, you know, Beast Barracks. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I was not a naturally big guy, right? So I had to lift, eat uh to to keep my, my weight on and the uh conditioning back then was not like what it did what it is now yeah. you know so you know i came out of beast barracks i think under 200 pounds as a lineman right uh and, and so you know try as i may i was down in the uh, scout team you know my, my first year you know getting uh pounded by uh, guys like uh, joel's brother um every year so i remember the first time i met joel uh it was when we played uh the prep school uh at the academy right so so gavin gavin would be he would be his plebe year i was at the prep school and so that's where uh, yeah so So joel joel was a uh, joel played tight end right joel yeah i was tight end at the uh at the prep school that's right that's right so joel was a tight end uh and uh so th- that team was uh stack had joel killy king landis maddox uh you know other a couple of guys that would go on uh to have great uh football careers uh playing for for west point so uh i think you, you did you guys beat us yeah so we <laughs> we came up there coach nelson i, I guess the prep school hadn't beat the JV team in, you know, a million years, you know, decades, literally decades. So we remember that Coach Nelson gave us a great pregame speech, sold it like this is, you know, he, he literally broke out in tears. And we thought like, all right, we got to win one for the Gipper. So whatever the speech that he gave, we came out, we played really well. And we ended up beating the, the JV team uh, as prepsters. We celebrated like we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> We had no real sense of perspective that at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, a great win for the prep school, but you know, it's not like beating Navy. So that's that's bragging rights. You, I mean, you, you you know the deal, Sal. So you know, for the yeah. for the next three years, I had to hear guys like Joel Davis talk about how they came up, you know, <laughs> when they were prepsters and and, and beat us. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll just say, you know, some of our better players were playing, you know, uh, varsity at the time, but. Uh, and see, that's the thing that we don't have a sense of. When we were prepsters, like you said, some of the better players are already on varsity. Right. We don't have that sense of perspective. So we come in, we win, and it was a close game, but we ended up winning. I don't remember what the score was. But, again, we celebrate like we won the Super Bowl because, again, we don't have a sense of perspective. Some of the more experienced or, or uh, well-positioned players are already up on – you know, they're already at the hotel on a Friday night going to get ready to play on Saturday. Right. Perhaps right. you don't have that sense of perspective. You're just yeah. there a small game. Yeah, so you know, my my first year, Sal, uh, of playing, you know, football uh, at the academy. You know, I was I was on the practice squad, uh, and um, um, it was a humbling experience. You know, because I was in Philadelphia. I, I was a uh, big fish in a in a small pond, right? Um, in terms of uh, uh, athletic ability, talent, right? And then to go to, you know, West Point, 
Um, and wow, you know, I wasn't where I wanted to be physically. Uh, cause I talked about, you know, the weight I lost yeah. to beat barracks. And so for a year I was, you know, that first year grinding on the scouts, but I'll tell you, um, in terms of mental toughness, physical toughness, you know, you know, uh, just going through that experience, it, it, I garnered a lot and I prided myself, uh, as a scout team player, you know, I was in, you know, that was my game day, you know, practice was my game day where I was going to give the look that I was being asked by giving the coaches and, and, and not the snot, uh, out of those varsity players. Right. Uh, and, and so every opportunity I got, I was trying to put, you know, uh, guys on, on the bus. So, you know, I took on, I tried my best, right. To take on the Dan Davis's the Lance chambers, you know, those guys, the Chris Krasinski's, uh, rest in peace, um, you know, and to give them a, a, a look. And um, I prided myself in doing that. And so one of uh, the accomplishments that I'm most proud of during my uh, four years at West Point, not only earning my varsity letter, but that plebe year, uh, I was, you know, there was an offensive and defensive scout team player of the year. And I won the, it was at the time, the SAS award for the scout team player of the year. Uh, and I took absolute pride in, in winning that, right? Because uh, uh, just so I knew what it took physically, mentally, you know, to, to do that, right? And, and so um, so I go into my yuck year and I, 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 you know, I got, you know, where I wanted to be physically, at least I thought I was. Um, and wasn't quite good enough to make the varsity be on the varsity uh, team again. So it was back down uh, uh, my yuck year, my sophomore year uh, on, on the scout team. And, and that was, again, another humbling experience. And I, you know, I was really thinking, okay, Hey, um, do I want to do this? You know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grind uh, academically to make it, uh, you know, going on scout team, uh, Joel, I think you got converted to a defensive lineman, your, your, uh, yeah. your, uh, plebe year. Is that right? And then, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, going against guys like Joel and the other guys and, um, again, just grinding. I said, you know, the, the brotherhood is what really kept me going. Right. Uh, being part uh, of the, the team, uh, and, and being around quality, you know, young leaders, young men, you know, is what kept me going, right? And, and, and the, the ability to, you know, be a part of something like that, um, I, I decided to, to keep going. And then uh, finally, you know, my, my uh, Cal year, my junior year, I was able to uh, break into the varsity uh able to, you know, let her play in special teams, started one game, the uh, Lafayette game, and then uh, was able to start beside my wingman there our senior year. So, Gav, <clears throat> so we'll say I'll also give you uh, some perspective and context. So I came in, so I left the prep school as a tight end, and Coach Sutton gave me the option to either stay at tight end or play D-line with my brother Dan. I said, hey, I'll play D-line. So as I lettered as a freshman at D-line, started as a sophomore but then so my question to you real quick uh gab before i finished 
So your freshman year and sophomore year, were you at tackle the whole time or were you bouncing around from center guard tackle what? No, so I, I was I was guard, playing guard. That's what uh, I thought. That's what I thought. My first two years. That's and, what I thought. And it, it wasn't until uh, my actually my first three years. And it wasn't until first of year, senior year, they moved me out to, to, to tackle. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Because kind of, so like when I was playing D line, you know, especially as a plebe, as a plebe, when your head is, you know, you're fighting to make a team, you're fighting to make an impact, and yet all the while you're trying to survive the academy and you're trying to absorb and take everything in and be successful, and you're being pulled in all different directions. You know, you're kind of. I just remember, I I, th- I thought you were gonna, I thought you were a guard the whole time, Gap, but uh, yeah. I just wasn't sure because it's like all my world then was just D line, D line for the first two years. Yeah. So you were so when I came in, so as a junior, when Coach Sutton asked me to come over and play left guard and still play, still rotate at nose guard, where were you at with that? Were you still so at- I, I know I was I was just happy to be on varsity and have a, a opportunity a shot at uh getting to start, Joel. You know, uh so uh But they yeah, are so you're when they asked me to come over as a junior, that was your coming your first year, and you they moved you to left tackle. That's right. That's right. So That's for, right. Me to to, for me to go to left guard, they moved you to left tackle. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was, you know, man, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get on the field. I just wanted to get on the field, right, um, and 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 play uh, every game. So you know, spending your your first two years on, on scout team grinding, um, and then. You get a little taste, uh, you know, your cow junior year, uh, getting to uh, play enough on special teams and, you know, got to start a game, uh, getting some playing time uh, as a substitute, you know, your cow year. And then an opportunity to shot to start, you know, they could, they could have put me wherever. And I was just happy to, to be, on, be on the field and, and be a part of the, the team contributing. Uh, I had an opportunity to contribute every game. So your your first start was as a junior against Lafayette? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so that was left guard? Yeah, that, that was left guard. Uh, so Troy Prehar, uh, shout out to Troy Prehar, uh, was, uh, uh, gonna start and, uh, he got injured, uh, that, that, I think that previous game. Um, I forget who we were playing against. In any case, um, uh, Coach uh, Ed Warner, you know, came up to me and said, "Hey, Gavin, uh, you're gonna you're going to start." Uh, and uh, I was nervous as hell, you know, because sure, sure. uh, you know here it is, Mikey Stadium, finally going to get an opportunity to, uh, to start uh, versus Lafayette. Uh, had uh, playing beside. Uh, Marcus Escobedo, uh, shout out to Beto, and uh, Kevin you Muir. know between uh, Beto and then uh, Kevin yep. Muir, uh, who was the center at the time. Kevin Muir, you know, like Beto, uh, three year, I think a three year Letterman, uh, three year starter uh, for West Point. You know, those guys, they just took me, you know, made sure I, I was straight, and we had a good game. We wound up blowing out Lafayette. I think like it was like thirty-seven to thirteen or something like that. But uh, you, uh, how much did you weigh your junior and senior year? 
Yeah. So um, my junior year, uh, I was uh, I was probably probably like two fifty. Uh, no, probably yeah, about two fifty, two fifty five, and then uh, my my, uh, my first year, senior year, I, I got up to to two sixty, uh, about two sixty, two sixty five. But I mean, nowhere near as big as these kids these days. You know, I, I look at the uh, I was looking at the the depth chart, uh, and our you know the line. I, I think right now somewhere between two eighty. 275. Joel, you're probably the first 300 pounder, I think, um, that, that, that I can remember, uh, playing offensive line at at West Point. You know, for me, like I had to, I, like, like I said at the beginning, I had to eat, lift constantly to maintain and and, and sustain the weight. So, you know, it was a a trouble. There was a, there was a saying we used to say, have for the the O lineman. The more you weigh, the more you play. Yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, so I was I was struggling to to pack it on, uh, so I could uh, get on the field. I I remember that because uh, obviously, you know, like I said, like when uh, when Sal and Steve O interviewed me, I made it abundantly clear I was definitely a product of the weight room. If I didn't have the weight room, I was going to be tall and skinny and. Uh, and that was one thing coming in. I, I little literally got to see, you know, you continue to get bigger, faster, stronger, and put on weight and everything like that. Because I, I remember you were always working hard in the weight room. So, I, and that's obviously something I could appreciate because you and I both know not everyone works at the same level or invest invest the same degree of yeah. oomph into the gym. And I remember you were always you always took the gym serious, and that's what I always appreciated about G Money, even when I was at the uh, even when I was on D line. Hey, Sal, so, you know, um, like we were talking prior to the coming on to the podcast, I was talking to, you know, Pat Work a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, we, we started talking Army football and our, our experiences. And, uh, you know, I asked him, hey, do you remember, uh, you know, details of games? And, and uh, you know, Pat was like, you know, not a thing. Right. And I, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, I, I remember certain I have certain memories, certain games. Um, but, you know, the promise of preponderance of my memory, you know, what I remember, in, you know, in gruesome detail is, you know, the trek up to Mikey Stadium. Right. You know, getting on the uh, hammer squat machine uh, with Jay Akamini and, and, and getting after it in, in the weight room. Right. Uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, in films, you know, you know, watching, you know, my, my technique. Um, I remember, you know, doing one-on-one drills, right, and, and talking trash, right? And so when you get Army football players together, we, we don't, we really don't talk about, you know, hey, you know, remember this play on this game or this, you know, it's, it's talking trash, you know, hey, you know, I remember this practice, you know, I knocked the hell out of you and I put you on your ass or, uh, you know, oh, I remember, I remember, you know, working with the strength coaches and they used to work us out to, you know, we were, you know, hovered over the trash can, you know, you know, throwing up, you know, those are the, it seems uh, weird, but those are the things that you remember in, in, in detail and you, you, uh, you talk about with your, your brothers on the football team. 
Yeah, we always ask, like, what's your favorite memory of being an Army football player, right, on the field and stuff. like. And, and, and that's a question that we always kind of try to get to on this podcast. And and when you talk about, like, a lot, a lot of guys that have have taken the approach, Gavin, about, hey, it's, it's the time I spent with the teammates, right? It's the time yeah. I spent getting, working to the point to where we can do, be successful on the field or where we could, you know, have some success winning and stuff like that it, it does say a lot and it still holds true today right because you know i, I did something on recruiting uh, not this week and like who where army's offering kids and what schools are taking interest in army and though you know sometimes you hear well we don't have any guys who were recruited by this school who army's playing this week or who were recruited by that school that they're playing the following week but you know what it's all you look at the teams that they have, it's a lot of it is the guys like an Andre Carter, for instance, a guy who played his freshman year on scout team by his junior year. He's an all American and he's one of the best pass rushers in the country, you know, yeah. and now he's being talked about being a first round draft pick, yeah. which around the army football program is that that's never happened. And back into the Heisman trophy years, you know, of, of Mr. Inside and Mr. Outside. So, I mean, that's a long time ago, but that talks about the work that these kids are willing to put in. And it's not like it just happens, you know, one season. It's, it seems like it happens throughout the history of Army football is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think at a service academy in particular, you know, you may have um, a couple of blue chippers, right? Uh, but the preponderance, uh, are, what you're looking for are, uh, young men of character, right, that have the, the mental uh, and, and physical fortitude, right, uh, and have the potential to grow into a program, to grow to become a, a Division One player and beyond. Um, that's the type of uh, player, you, you know, uh, you're trying to find for a service academy, particularly for Army football. Yeah, we, we had on John Voigt not too long ago, and John Voigt is one of the nucleuses of the 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 revilation of the rebirth of Army football, winning football at Army, right? He's right in the middle of it, and he just basically said that it came to a point of attitude. It came to a point of, yeah. hey, we're tired of it. We're going to work our tails off, and we're going to outwork our opponents, and we're going to play. You know, the fourth quarter Warriors was kind of born during that era with Jeff Munkin. And you look at how some of the wild finishes that they had during that run, right? I mean, crazy where you stop them at the one-inch line. You you uh, have a, a backup quarterback come in and throw a touchdown pass with little time left, win in overtime. You know, those, those wins build up, and that gives the team a lot of confidence. Um, what is, is there – do you remember Army-Navy your senior year? I mean, do you have any memories of, of your senior year? Of yeah, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk um, – I have, you know, a couple of memories – terms of games um and, and not all of them were my my, my uh, uh my senior or, or first year so you know I, I remember um the 1992 army navy game uh because it's playing in philadelphia you know my hometown First time I, I, I got to dress, I got to dress uh, for that game um, and just, you know, just how crazy, you know, that, that, that game was, even from, you know, just watching from the sideline, uh, cheering, cheering the team on, you know, seeing, you know, 
uh, Gaylord Green catch that. It was that 68-yard touchdown pass. Pat Malcolm kicked the, the winning field goal. I just, you know, so just being a part of that, you know, one of the storied games in, in, in Army-Navy uh, football history, uh, you know, that, that was special. Talked about the Lafayette game. Um, you know, my uh, Cal year, my junior year, first game getting to start uh, and just the excitement of uh, being on the field uh, for that. Um, it was just, you know, I, I'll never forget that. Um, you know, one of the games, for whatever reason, I, I also remember was my first year was the Louisville game. Um, so uh, we were, I think Louisville was like our third or fourth game. We had lost like two or three games in, in, in a row. Uh, and it was like, that was a good Louisville team that had just beat um, undefeated North Carolina State uh, earlier that, that season. And uh, it was a back-and-forth game, I just remember. It was just a physical, uh, tough uh, game, uh, back-and-forth. And, forth. and um, uh, came down to the final drive, three minutes left in, in the game. Uh, Ronnie Makeda was quarterback. Joe Ross had a hell of a game that, that game. I think he had over 100 yards uh, that game. Uh, we had uh, Killy uh, had just come back uh, from, uh, uh, injury and, uh, we drove down and then in the final minutes, you know, uh, Ryan McKenna threw a pass, was tipped, Joe Ross caught it uh, in the end zone. We won. And so just the thrill of, of that. And then, um, you know, obviously, uh, army Navy, um, my, my, uh, senior, I mean, that's the last time I played organized football, right? So last time playing organized football, getting to play beside, my wingman there uh, in Philadelphia at home, mm. sold out crowd, uh, and, and uh, you know one of the epic battles uh, of Army Navy. And again, coming down to the last drive, right, uh, and, and uh, winning a field goal by Kurt Heiss. So um, yeah, those are a couple of things that that you know that I, I remember. But even those games, like I said, Sal, you know, it's little bits and clips, you know, that that, that I, I remember. Um, but you know, in detail, it's the, it's the, the, the daily grind that, that I remember, uh, and quite frankly, I have, I have fond memories of. So Gavin, did you have a lot of, um, being from Philly, did you get a lot of family that came up to the home games? Yeah. So, uh, I was lucky that, um, you know, Philly was, you know, I was, you know, we have people from all over the country, right, uh, that, that go to West Point, obviously. And so uh, I was fortunate that, um, you know, my family were, were able to make uh, trips up to the home games. Um, and then uh, we, uh, my junior or Cal year, we got to play Temple. Uh, we played Temple in, in, in Philly and uh, Army-Navy. Uh, so whenever they could. Uh, yeah, family. I was I was lucky enough to have family come and uh, watch the games. So let me ask you this: <clears throat> We were at the academy. Coaches, some of the older guys who were, are, you know, from uh, from the past would come and talk, and they always tell us how people are watching us and what Army football means to them. Sounds good. I believe you. I take you at your word. But as a cadet, as an Army football player, 
I really can't relate to it because I haven't experienced it. Yeah. You're obviously well traveled for many years now, what, 25 plus years in the in the military. Now that you're on the other side, how much can you see and relate to what they were telling us back in the day? Like how much can you see like, you know, Army football is is bigger than what you see at the academy. It means something to a whole lot more people than we could see as players. Yeah, so Joe, I mean, um, words uh, fail to um, express, you know, what Army football me- means to to me, and I, I didn't have an appreciation for the the passion, the love uh, that um, people have for Army football. People that are part of the Black Knight Nation, right? Um, but, you know, having played and now being a graduate, uh, and especially those that are, that were part of the team, part of the brotherhood that lived the experience, you know, I mean, you know, I, every opportunity that I get, you know, I, I, I am, I'm either on my phone looking at the army football score or, or, you know, in front of the the TV, trying to, to watch the game, um, and in terms of what it means to see you know young men you know putting it out on the line, you know grinding, working hard to, to be the best that they can be, to the the the, the to make the team the, the best they can be. It means a whole lot, a whole lot to those that were part of of the legacy. And I take you know absolute pride enjoy and um you know seeing the success that the harmony football team ha- has had really you know i live you know vicariously through those kids on, on the field right and, and and celebrate all their accomplishments all the accomplishments of, of, of coach monkey right and you're right joel we really didn't have a um appreciation for it um but as you get farther and farther away from, you know, having experienced it, I think you, you gain a, a more uh, of a sense of gratitude for the opportunity you had to be a part of something, something part of special uh, like Army football. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Gavin, you're the deputy chief of staff, director of logistics for G4, uh, the U.S. Ar- Army Forces Command. And I'm just wondering, I know that our, our co-host Steve Anderson talks about this a lot. Do you get to work with any former Army football players? And is there a bond there? I'm sure you get some guys that go through or that you are in command of or, or work with. And what the, what is that like? Yeah, so I'll tell you, um, short answer to your question is yes. Um, and, and the relationships and bonds that you 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 built um, transfer to your experiences in, in the military, and and it's not you know, it's not even you don't even have to have played at the same during the same era, right? Or, or um, you know been on the same teams, uh, but there's you know there's just a camaraderie uh, that's there, uh, uh, having the ability to work network. You know, with someone that played army army football. You know, so I, I you know, so when I came into this job, um, you know, I had to go down uh, to uh, Fort Hood uh, to to visit with one of the units that, that was there. Uh, and I, as soon as I walked in, who did I run into? But Steve Carpenter, uh, Joel's classmate, 
right? Steve is, uh, you know, uh, finishing up, just finished up his first year as the deputy commanding general of support for first Cavalry division down at Fort Hood, Texas. Right. Uh, uh, and shout out to Steve, you know, he just came out on the breeder general list. Um, but so, so it's an opportunity, you know, to network, you know, with former teammates, guys that played army football, um, you know, just build upon that relationship and camaraderie, uh, to do the Army's business and, and to, you know, play and get after it. As uh, Brigadier General, what's your, what's the future hold for you? I mean, where are you right now, in, in, you know, within the Army? And is there other things you'd like to accomplish? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll finish up uh, my time at U.S. Army Forces Command uh, in July, uh, Sal, and then um, I will be moving to uh, Scott Air Force Base, Illinois, uh, to be the uh, commanding general of uh, U.S. Uh, Military Surface and Distribution uh, Command, uh, SDDC. Uh, so SDDC is responsibility for strategic movement of uh, U.S. Army and military personnel equipment uh, around the global, so global mission. Uh, and I'll take command of that organization in July. Wow. Joel, Joel I, I didn't get a chance to ask this. This is a football question. Gavin, what's it like playing next to a guy like Joel and how do you guys develop chemistry? Because it seems it's like that your senior year, his junior is that one year that you guys are kind of working beside each other, right? Yeah. Joel, you want to? Yeah, what was that? Or Joel, what was it like playing – Playing well, first of all, let me let me put things in proper context for you, Sal. And again, I think the last time I saw you in person was at the one of the Army football was at the golf tournament several years ago. Yeah, right. And uh, and I didn't know Gab was going to be there because I, you know, for, I think I was like a last minute. I came last minute, so I didn't even look at a roster to see who was going there. But as soon as I saw Gab, I mean, I just I just ran up to him and hugged him for a long time because I ain't seen him in forever. And um, and I, so I jokingly said to Gav, I said, Gav, you're doing good things in the military. You're married, family, all that kind of stuff. There's billions upon billions of people in the world, but it doesn't matter. Out of all the billions of people, you only <laughs> had one wingman, and it was me. It was the fat man. So uh, I got to claim the fame as being uh, Gavin's one only wingman because as a left tackle, you only got one one wingman. That's left guard. So... Um, but in terms of playing next to, to Gav, like I say, it, it, like I mentioned to you before, Sal, for me, transitioning from O-line to D-line, my junior year, Gav's uh, senior year, uh, literally Coach Sutton just asked me, he, he said, listen, we got we need you to do something and, uh, you know, sacrifice that could hit for the team. I said, sure, what is it? We need you to come in and start playing left guard. And I said, um, Okay, I wasn't expecting it. Wasn't even looking forward to it, to be honest with you. He said, but the catch is we also need you to play nose guard. So I was like, <laughs> all right. So I remember going to uh, the first meeting with O-line. Gav's there, Coach Warner, the rest of the boys. And I told Coach Warner, I said, hey, I'm still a D-lineman here. But when I got over to the, uh, uh, you know, Gav, and I, I mean, look, here's the deal. I'm very much, and I accept it as such, I'm a pol polarizing person. A lot of people hate me. A lot of people love me. Everybody loves G-Money, General G-Money. Everybody loves Gavin. If you can't love Gavin, 
there's something wrong with you. You need to check yourself, not Gavin. Gavin is the easiest guy to get along with. First thing you'll notice about Gav, you'd walk into the, the mess hall, whatever. You can't miss Gavin and his smile. Even when he, we used to call him Big, big Booty Gav because he was a big boy, had a big booty. But, you, it, but that smile was still bigger. And Gavin is one of the nicest guys. So in terms of meshing with Gav, that's not even an issue. If you can't get along with Gavin Lawrence, you need to check yourself because the problem is you, not Gav. Um, for me, it was, you know, that. so my first year at left guard, his senior year at left tackle, I mean, again, it's easy to get along with Gav. Any questions I got, I, I would. I'd be asking him stuff, especially early on. I specifically remember that stuff, uh, those first practices, probably even the first couple games. I would, I remember specifically asking him certain things. And he, he was Johnny, he was Johnny on the spot. He knew every position, knew where to go. So there was no question. Gav knew his, uh, knew the offensive line and knew the schematics and everything. So me, if anything, I'm picking his brain. I'm trying to learn from G Money. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just share with you, Sal, um, you know, um, one thing that struck me about Joel is his tenaciousness, right? Um, and it was just infectious, right? You know, you know, we, we were going together to go to war together, right? And we had each other's back. And, and he inculcated uh, absolute the best and he pushed the, the best out of everyone uh, that was uh, part of the line. So, you know, uh, you know, between he was definitely uh, and is definitely a leader. Right. Um, that just he just pushed you to be at the very best, play at the best that you could be in terms of your, your performance uh, each and every whether it was practice or, or in, in the game. Um, and, and that's what I loved about Joel. That's why I loved playing beside him you know uh actually taste and then and then then there was always then it was the you know the the um competitiveness right that that we had you know so the the left side you know you know joel and i versus the right side ed stover and bill blair right and and uh we didn't want them to run on the right they need to run on the left side right you know come run on the left side run behind us if you want to get the first down all right or get the touchdown don't run behind you know that the weak right side, you come behind the left side. So it just made us better, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of our competitors, and we and we and we 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 uh, we played off of one another, right? To 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 make us better. And so you know, again, so getting back to you know what you remember. So I you know I remember you know in the being in the hotel before game day, and you know it's me, you know Joel. Stove and Bill Blair, and you know we're bonding together and talking together. Um, I mean, those those what made that's what made part of what made playing Army football fun, the bonds that that we had, and we made each other better, and, and we go to war. We went to war uh, for each other with each other every Saturday. Agree, agree. Yeah, when when you can form that that bond, right, and you can get that chemistry, it seems like that chemistry happens pretty quickly, especially on the offensive line. I mean, we know even today with Army football, right, the key to the key to the games is the offensive line, the, both lines, the offensive line and defensive line of Army, right? If they have, play well, Army's going to have a pretty solid game. And I think uh, – I don't know if you guys got the sense of that when you guys were playing that, hey, a oh, yeah. lot was oh, yeah. kind of yeah. – you know, 
You guys, of course, didn't get the press, right? Because you're offensive linemen, right? But a lot of responsibility was probably on, on your guys' shoulders, especially running the football, right? I mean, back back then it was, you know, a, a run a run dominant offense too. So, so I remember, um, and I don't know if Joel remembers this. So uh, last game, maybe um, first drive, we go down to the get down to the goal line, and. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, it was like the second or third play on the goal line stand, and I get I I, I re-injured my ankle right, and I'm out the game, you know, last game, and uh, um, Joel came over to me and said, "Hey Gavin, you need to get your butt back in the game." You know, no sympathy, no nothing. He's like, "Get your butt, get your ass back in the game," <laughs> right, and, and so. Uh, you know, I got the coach, I sucked it up and I, we came back in and played the, you know, the rest of the game, you know, but, you know, that, that's the type of player Joel was, you know, he pushed us to make us better. And I was definitely better as a result of playing next to him. Joel, you remember that, that moment and it just how to get your, how to get uh, Gavin back on the field, right. To get that. I remember that because, um, because uh, your ankle, you have you 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 had that ankle injury, you know, on and off, plaguing throughout your your uh, yeah. your second year. So, um, but you still started every game, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a couple times, and uh, and when I do my little speed round, asking you some questions, I do remember a time at home where we had a little bit of issue where Gavin injured that ankle, <laughs> and we were concerned. But uh, I do remember that, though. Seriously, though, I do remember that in Navy, uh, you re-injuring that. And that was, a, you know, losing you was obviously a concern to everybody. But it was, as my wingman, that was a concern to me as well because I didn't want you out of that game for sure, especially Navy game. But um, let me ask you this real quick. You may have told me before and I forgot, but refresh my, refresh my memory if you told me from back in the day. So when you were always at guard and they said, I'm assuming, how did the conversation go where Ed – and uh, Warner would have told you uh, to go to tackle that I was coming over from the D line. What was that conversation? It, it was it was no conversation, Joel. <laughs> it, it went it went like this: Hey, Gavin, you're, you're going to that left tackle. You're going to be a starting left tackle. And I was like, Yes. All right, as long as you're starting, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get to Joel's speed round, let uh, just we talked a little bit, Gavin, about your um. Your, your perspective on the football team now and where they are. And like you say, you watch, you know, every chance you get. And, you know, the last couple of years, there have been nine win seasons. And, yeah, beating Missouri to finish uh, last season was was fine. But you had that Incredible. little hit. Incredible. Yeah, that, it was a great game, right? It went down to the end. And it seemed like there was a lot of fire from, that, from the team to finish with a win. Um, the game before, you know, it didn't go Army's way with Navy. And I just I just wondering, you know, what – what do you see out of your, your perspective on where the program's at now, basically? So, it, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm proud, but I, I have to kind of chuckle, you know, there's an expectation now that army goes to a bowl game, right? Just think about that. You know, for those of us, you know, that remember, you know, that, that wasn't always the case, right. That, you know, before, uh, but there's an expectation um, that this team wins, right? You know, our, our chief staff army says winning matters, right? Uh, and, and um, 
you know, so the, the, uh, definitely under coach Munkin, um, a tradition and expectation of winning and excellence has been built. And, and I'm, I'm just so excited, um, and proud uh, of what has been built in, in terms of, uh, the team, its legacy, and, and, and what it's it's doing uh, each and every day. And we want to continue that, continue to do that the right way, right? Uh, of uh, bringing quality uh, young men, leaders of character that grow uh, in the in the football field, grow to, to be great football players and go on to do bigger and better things, whether it's, you know, we have some that want transition to the NFL, some that have, you know, going on to do great things uh, in the military or whatever field of endeavor. Uh, but, you know, building leaders uh, of character to lead our nation. That's yeah. What yeah. Let's look at the, the this year's team, uh, the 2021 team and the guys that you have like uh, Eric Smith and uh, Nolan Cockrell and Seth Cunningham. And now a guy coming back, uh, Marquel Broughton. I mean, the leadership that those guys bring on and off the field. I mean, Eric Smith, uh, man, um, he had a tryout um, with, with the Jaguars. We'll see what yeah. happens with that. Um, you know, those guys, um, I guess, are just waiting for their chance. And, um, you know, I, I, I was going to ask you about this. Maybe both Joel and Gavin, you would be um, good to talk to about this. Um, Malcolm Morrison, right? He had a free agent contract with the Raiders, and this week he uh, put a, t- a post on social media saying that you know he's 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 going to retire from football. He's going to focus on his um you know army. Um, he's going to focus on uh, his army commitment now for now. And um, you know when you have the opportunity, Joel, you had the opportunity to play in the NFL. You know that's that doesn't come often around service Academy football players. It's come a little bit more often now, but I mean, to say that, Hey, you know what? I got a little taste of it. Whether it was for him or not, but to say he has now, he wants to commit himself to the army. That, 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 that took, a, that took, takes a lot of thought. And I just wanted to see maybe if you guys had any, um, had any feelings about that. The first time I saw, I saw that, um, it came up in whatever my email from the Twitter feed, whatever. And I saw that my absolute first instinct when I saw that was he's going to regret that one day. Hmm. I don't say that because I don't want to armchair quarterback anyone's decision. If your heart isn't in it, you can't do it. I don't care if it's football or any other endeavor. If your heart's in it, move on. I get that. Hmm. All I can tell you from my own personal experience, my own perspective, even as you get older, that warrior spirit in you, it never dies. It doesn't die. You can go coach football. Like I coached after I, uh, um, years years ago, I coached my high school, my alma mater high school for a number of years. I was assistant head coach. That takes a little bit of edge off. It feels great, and you're developing young kids and, and everything. That's all good. It takes a little edge off it, but it never satisfies it. And even as you get older, again, that warrior spirit never dies. And you actually – like, I really wish I could go out and do something right now physically because I've missed that opportunity for combat. And I believe this is just me, armchair quarterback in it. I believe that one day he'll regret because he had the opportunity in the hand. And all you need in the NFL is an opportunity. Like we talked about with Steve-O, the NFL literally stands for not for long. You're not going to play for long. So it's a very finite window of opportunity. Yeah. But if you got the opportunity, 
you got to take it. But again, the caveat is if your heart isn't in it, then you're not going to be successful. And, and again, I'm not trying to make decisions for anybody. I would never try to talk him out of it. He's a grown man making grown man decisions. You got to do what's best for you. All I'm saying for Joel Davis, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would have had regret one day. Yeah, he listed mental and physical well-being as you know reasons for him to for him to step away from it. Um, Gavin, do you have any? Um, no, so so I you know never know you know what's behind uh, the young man's d- decision, and, and and Joel definitely you know has a, a perspective, you know having uh, been um, given the opportunity to to compete at, at my level, you know from my perspective. You know, uh, I guess, you know, I, I respect his decision, you know, uh, you know, if he wants to, if he feels that, um, you know, he has either physical or, or, or uh, mental concerns that are, you know, preventing him from going, competing uh, at the highest level, you know, in the National Football League, um, you know, that that's the decision that, you know, he has to make. And, and so, uh, you know, I just wish him the best as he Absolutely. transitions from, um, you know, pursuing that dream to going on to serve our, our, our nation uh, uh, in the, as an officer in our U.S. Army. And, you know, um, and I, you know what I would tell him uh, if I were to see Malcolm uh, right now is, you know, um, you know, we need you to just put your, you know, transition and put your best foot forward as an officer in, in our military. And uh, I, I know he'll do that. And you just take it one day at a time. Right. Um, not everybody, you know, goes on to have a, a, a 20 year career. But what we ask, just like you when you were at the academy, is for you to give your best 100 percent every day. Right. And, and uh, it, it's even more important. So, uh as a uh, officer, because you have young men and women that are following your example, uh, and, and you'll be asked to lead uh, as a as a lieutenant in our United States Army. Yeah, I got to talk to Malcolm a couple times, and uh, just you know, you follow his career at West Point, and I, I think that you know the Army is going to be getting a a really well rounded officer, um, like you said, Gavin, ready to take that step, day at a time step. Yeah. And you have a lot of guys who say, hey, I'm just going to do my five and I'm going to be done. I'm going to move on. And you have guys like our co-host Steve Anderson, who's still serving in the army and, and enjoying it, you know. So, you know, it, it's it's a different journey for everybody. But we really uh, wish all the best to Malcolm. Um, the, thing too, and- Phil, um, the thing, too, you got to understand is that uh, the NFL is a grind. And so, like, when I was in Indianapolis during the training camps, we had uh, Hall of Famer Larry Little. He would come and he would help coach during the summer, and he would tell us stories. He would tell us stories of how hard it was back in the day. He played on the '72 undefeated Dolphins team, mm-hmm. and he'd tell us the you know how bad it was back then. So when I was going through the NFL, it was still two a days lifting. All that. it was a grind. Now I know they've cut back on some of that with CTE and all that stuff, but I still gotta believe it's a grind. Unless unless you're part of that top two, three percent making real money, you're cannon fodder. So we used to jokingly say, hey, you better sleep with one eye open and keep your bags packed in your car. And that's mm-hmm. stressful because you don't know what to, 
I, yeah. I, I mentioned it to you and Steve. Well, there's times that we would be clowning around the weight room and the Grim Reaper will come in and take one out and you get caught. So, you know what? Again, what you're saying, physical concerns, mental concerns, maybe he just wants the stability. And I'm all for it because again, yeah. it's if you want stability, it is definitely not in the NFL. Yeah. Hey, but you know what's exciting, Sal? What's exciting is that, you know, we've got young men in our service academies are give, been given the opportunity, right? Yeah. Uh, straight out of uh, 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 graduating from the academy yeah. to pursue their NFL dreams, right? Uh, and, and so I am all for you know, providing those young men an opportunity to pursue their dreams, uh, you know, post-graduation, if they have the athletic aptitude, right, uh, to do it. Because uh, ultimately, they, they serve uh, as, as ambassadors for the Army, serve as ambassador, ambassadors uh, for, for West Point uh, in terms of, you know, them being out there and representing uh, the academy. On the on the football field, you know, I, I look at you know Villanueva, you know, and you know his story career, you know, playing for the Steelers, for the Ravens, um, and Alejandro. Uh, uh, just you know, to me, that's you know, that that that's a true representation uh, of the academy. You know, someone that um, you know went on, had a great career, and is conti- still continuing to serve, you know, outside of, you know, his uh, NFL career uh, and absolutely proud of it. And so uh, I'm excited for, uh, you know, these young men that are getting this opportunity. Yeah, there's still John Radigan, Elijah Riley, uh, Cole Christensen, and Brett Toth in the NFL that are Army recent Army football grads. And we'll see if anybody else – and you know what, too? You know, there's guys playing in the USFL. Scott Flanick, long snappers. He's getting uh, some – He's getting some social media uh, love uh, for being a long snapper on the Jersey Generals. You know, I mean, that's a, that's an Army football grad right there. That's why, that's why I want to see the, the USFL and the XFL to be successful, to give some of those bubble guys out of the academies another opportunity to keep playing. And who knows what can happen from there. So I'm all for it. Yeah, there was a feature in the uh, uh, the Annapolis paper on Sean Williams, a safety for Navy, recent safety for Navy. He's also playing the USFL. Mm-hmm. And so um, – yeah, the opportunities are there. Jeff Ajekum, who was um, a wide receiver for Army uh, uh, on our podcast not too long ago, um, he's playing some indoor football league, I believe, uh, keeping playing just for the opportunity to hope to play down the road. So, uh, yeah, just want to get – I appreciate you guys' uh, opinions and thoughts on that. Uh, Joel, you have a speed round? We have a speed round on this podcast? Um, What's going on here? Well, here's the deal. I don't know if – Look, you can see that Gavin Lawrence is pretty skinny now. That wasn't always the case. So I don't know if he could handle this much fatness. He has to enter the fat zone. G-Money, formerly <laughs> known as G-Money, big booty G-Money, is now General G-Money. General G-Money, I got a couple of important questions for you. It's going to jog your memory. It's true or false? True right. or false? Uh-oh. First question, Gav, or excuse me, General G-Money. First question, true or false? At our first game against Holy Cross home game your senior year after kickoff and before the offense went onto the field out of fear you turned to me and said quote I should have followed my dream and just became the A-man true or false <laughs> false that is definitely false General G Money I will remind you 
Like you were still <laughs> under the, the, the cadet code, uh, the honor code. Next question, true or false, G-Money? True or false? Even at your heaviest, your big booty was never as big as the big booty of my son, Ed Stober. <laughs> that is definitely true. That is definitely I true. Concur. I concur. True or false? During a home game, going back to your ankle injury, during a home game, you faked a temporary injury because you knew being replaced by Casey Minot, Casey Minot would increase my chances of blowing out my left knee by over 700%. <laughs> I, was trained, I was trying my best to stay on the field, man. Do you remember that? Yes. Follow up to that, true or false, recognizing that the chances of me blowing out my left knee, if Casey Minot comes in, would drastically increase while you were injured on the field and the trainers came over, I kept yelling ex expletives at you to get your F ass up. You remember that? <laughs> True yes. And as I told earlier, I remember during the Army Navy game, you come over like, you need to get back in the game. That's saying I got back in the game. That's saying it very politely, G Money. True or false? On Friday, our Friday tradition at the hotel was to watch the TV series Cops with my sons, Ed Stover and Bill Blair. I think that's true. That's true. You We're going to have a ding. Is that, is that, is that correct, Joel? Is, is that correct? That is true. That is true. And there's reasons why and we cannot discuss it, but it is true. And by saying it's true, you just acknowledge that Ed Stover and Bill Blair are my son. True or false? True or false? It was not uncommon for our hotel traditions to include ordering pizza in addition to the team meals. Definitely true. Definitely yes. true. Pizzas or one pizza? How many pizzas? Everyone got their own. Okay. We don't we don't split pizzas. Everyone gets their own pizza because we would all. It's, you got to. We don't share pizza, Sal. No. Nah. True or false? After beating Navy your senior year, I had to physically restrain you from going into the Navy locker room because you were emotional and desperately wanted to, as you said, console your brothers in arms. <laughs> that was false. That's absolutely false. <laughs> Sounds good. True or false? You told your wife that your only regret in life is that you didn't have another season to play with me as your wingman. Oh, that is, that is, that is true. That is one of my biggest regrets. And here's a yes or no. Here's a yes or no question for you. If you could, would you do it all again? Yes. Yes. I absolutely no regrets. I tell you, you know, Joel, you know this. Um, you know, my time playing Army football, uh, my fondest memories, uh, you know, and, and I have a lot of good ones uh, at, at the academy. Um but my, my fondest memories of uh, are those spent up at Mikey Stadium, you know, with with the team. And it's one of those things you, you take for granted. Um, you absolutely take for granted while you're a part of it. But as you get further and further away um, through retrospection, you, you realize that you are part of something special. And, and you, you feel very fortunate to have been given the opportunity to be a part of it. Yeah. To include being that guy's wingman. Amen. 
And, my, and I'll tell you, say the beautiful thing about that is, again, I haven't seen G Money in person in a long time. Again, I think the last time I saw him was at the uh, one of the uh, football uh, golf outings, and I think it was right before you were going to go to Hawaii, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I haven't seen him, and I haven't seen him. It's not like we talk regularly, but it's exactly. like. It doesn't matter because as soon as you see each other, you just pick up where you left off, man. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Without skipping a beat, you just pick up where you left off, man. Absolutely. I'm glad we were able to uh, get get you guys together tonight. Um, great stuff. Great memories. Um, great perspectives. And uh, man, uh, one more b- b- before we go off the air, Joel. I have a question. Yeah. Is Gavin a member of the Fat Man's Club? So Gavin, so Gavin is fat. There's no doubt about it. I know he's trying to, I know he's trying to perpetrate a skinny man, but it doesn't matter. And I guarantee you, when he retires, he's going to further embrace his inner fat man. <laughs> fat man is there. But the FMC was actually uh, after his senior years when we formed the FMC. But it doesn't matter. the 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 seedlings for all the fatness were there. G Money was definitely part of it. Don't don't let him deceive you, Sal. By that skinny, I see that skinny little neck wing, man. I see that skinny neck. But once he's done, he's retired. He's gonna be a fat man again. You'll induct him into the fat man's club uh, after. General G Money, big boy G Money. He's always gonna be fat. He's always gonna be one of us. Always. Nice guys. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, and Gavin, real real quick before we leave, just I know you had the message about Memorial Day, and I think that's really imp- important. Um, I want to mention that you you really uh. Um, ex- explained it, it, it greatly earlier in the podcast, just what it means to you. And tomorrow, I guess, is, is a very important day, not only for um, you, know, you, but a lot of the people who, who have served our country. Yeah, yeah, Sal. So, again, and like I said at the outset, um, you know, I just asked that, uh, you know, everybody in the podcast just remember, you know, Memorial Day is more than just the, you know, having a, a uh, Monday off and uh, the last Monday off in, in May. It's more than just, you know, kicking off the summer. It's about um, recognizing the selfless service of our uh, young men and women uh, that died uh, serving our, our, our country uh, and made the ultimate sacrifice and those families that they left behind. And so um, uh, thank you for uh, allowing me uh, to uh, be a part uh, of uh, this podcast, Sal. Uh, relish the opportunity to talk Army football. I'm very, very proud uh, of uh, just the growth of Army football and the successes uh, that Army uh, has got, had, especially in recent years. And, and I like to think that, you know, we were a part of the, the, the foundation, right, that, that was built upon. You know, during my time at Army football, part of being a, uh, I think it was a six win in a row streak against Navy, um, um, and just being a, a a part of that piece, getting to play uh, with uh, guys like Joel Davis, guys like my classmates, you know, uh, Pat Pat Work, um, rest in peace, Joel, uh, Jimmy Chun, uh, my classmate number eighteen. Uh, phenomenal Army football player, uh, and I can go on, on and on uh, naming names of uh, Army football greats. Just uh, uh, proud to be a part of it. Yeah, if you're uh, watching uh, this 
uh, check out our YouTube channel, please. We have interviews with Pat Work is one of the guys that we interviewed early in this in the Black Knight Nation podcast. Great podcast with Pat. Um, Alejandro Villanueva. We have a podcast with Alejandro uh, Ali. I call uh, Ali Villanueva. We have a podcast with him. Joel, go into the archives. Uh, click on the Joel Davis uh, Black Knight Nation podcast. That's that's a that's a good that's good entertainment value for you. So. Um, uh, guys, check out the Black Knight Nation website. Also, uh, we have stories on recruiting right now and some scheduling stories also. And uh, give our, give us a follow on uh, Black Knight Nation on Twitter and Black Knight Nation on Instagram. Uh, Joel and Gavin, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks again, and have, have a great night. You too. Love you, G. All right, Joel. Take it easy, brother. You too, Love bro. You too. Thanks, Al.